Welcome, welcome, welcome. Two. What are we here to talk about today? Oh, do you know, I, wanted, I had a quote I wanted to share with you. I heard someone once say, healing can be so hard when your inner child wants love, your teenage self wants revenge, and your current self only wants peace. And I feel like that is so, that's why like the whole, the feeling conflicted and the feeling like you don't know what you want and you know, the struggle, like yeah. the internal struggles because like different parts of you need different things. Yeah. And you I- just put it into such like the perfect wording, I think. Yeah, I really like that as well. So like all those different parts of you haven't actually, they haven't actually had the closure that they need to not still be fighting for attention inside of you. In different ways though as well. It's like the child version of you just wants the love and appreciation without like the expectations. The teenage version is angry that they yeah. went through it. And then me just now, I just want peace, not problems. Yeah. It's like literally. everyone leave me alone. <laughs> but it's like you still have those other parts of you that are like battling. And then sometimes you feel peaceful and just like don't want, the drama or be involved and then sometimes you're like actually like I deserve my closure and I deserve people to understand how they treated me and that wasn't right and it's like you're constantly battling all and that just like puts it into perspective that it's actually different parts of you like actually growing up is still inside you you know because people talk about inner childs all the time and I never really could grasp what they meant because you're grown I'm not a child anymore, do you know what I mean? Like, I found it really hard to, like, imagine that the child version of me still exists. Yeah. But then, see, when you say, oh, you're grown, you're not a child anymore, that's just kind of, like, physically, right? Yeah. And I think that I focus so much on the physical. And I guess it's also the expectation that when you're an adult societally, you should technically know what you're doing and yeah. know, like, where you are in life and have everything figured out. Whereas that still like little version of inside you is still there and I think that's what I learned is that unless you actually like listen to that and like tend to that you're not really going to feel fulfilled and like move past things that you just buried because it's just buried really if you're not actually dealing with it yeah and like it's it's not even just buried I feel like probably a lot of your inner child related problems are the root cause of all your like adult problems like today Mm. like especially especially with money I think a lot of our experiences with money have come from like how we've perceived money growing up what we've heard about like how we've heard money being spoken about and stuff like all these little things when we were younger Mm -hmm. and they say as well that your brain is still taking loads of stuff in for the first like seven years of your life and then that forms all of your like opinions and your habits and then your habits like form your entire experience of life right mm-hmm. so I think it's I don't think it's necessarily buried I actually think it's like very alive <clears throat> right. through through like everything that you experience now but then how do you actually because when I I remember when I first started learning about personal development and all this kind of stuff and self-help. yeah self-help like start getting into it and there were references being made to inner child and I always used to get confused as to how you actually get down to what your inner child wants like what that little unhealed child Mm. inside of you is actually like looking for and what kind of closure they need like how do you get to the bottom of that I struggle with that too because I'm almost like the time has passed yeah I can't that girl can't get what she needed because we can't go back to that point in time and I almost feel like 
Because I've seen videos on this and people are like, well, if you're in it, like your child version of you didn't get the love that they wanted or wasn't just like it, you had a lot of conditional love growing up, then you have to like basically give yourself the love that your child, like the, in the child version of you wanted but didn't get. But I'm like, but it's, I don't understand how, do how that's that? healing because yeah. she still didn't get it. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I can do it for myself now, but that is adult me. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to like differentiate the two. I'm like, yeah, anything I do now, that is for adult me. I don't yeah. understand Yeah, like the how consequences have happened me. already. Yeah. Yeah. So I still don't get it. But maybe that's something that I'll come to learn and I just need to like read up on more. I'm sure there's loads of books that probably go into it in a lot more depth than a yeah. TikTok video that I've just watched. But I guess that's just one part of the healing journey I guess because I am on a journey in a sense where I feel like there's certain patterns or like there's certain ways that I've grown up that I don't want to repeat like say I had my own family I don't want to be there's certain things that I don't want to do and there's a certain way I don't want to be but almost when that's all you know and that's what you've been brought up around it's very hard to like switch that off so you know like your teenage self is angry what if I'm more angry than upset as a child? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do I tackle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what problem comes first? Yeah. Oh, that's hard to... Well, I guess it's like, it's more looking at the problems or the ways you're behaving now, and like in this day and age, and what of those behaviours you're finding are like causing you the most chaos or like are mm. wrecking havoc in your life. Because maybe the result of whatever unhealed inner child need you have is like a smaller thing that you have like a smaller problem or a smaller bad habit that you have now that isn't really affecting your life too much but then the one maybe you've got a lot of resentment from your years as a teenager and that resentment is now like I don't know held on to it yeah held on and making maybe making it more difficult for you to bond with certain people in your life then maybe that's something to focus on more. Yeah. It's like, what what of the problems that have resulted from those issues are, are really big right now? Mm. I get that's a huge self-awareness thing, I think. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> actually identifying what is your problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that you can admit that you have a problem, because for me, it's definitely the anger. I know, like, you mentioned before that you just don't, like, I'm an angry person. Are you? I know. I know I've mentioned that I'm not now, but like I used to be like very angry, like very emotionally frustrated. Yeah, I feel like I very recently I've started because I feel like there's lots of different reasons for it. And when there's lots of different reasons for the way you do something, it's even harder to actually once you tackle one, it's like, well, it's not fully gone or like you've not fully progressed because there's now another issue that you need to tackle and like sort that out before you kind of fully get over it and I feel like there's so many like different reasons that I I try and tackle one and then I'm like no but I'm still this like really resentful angry person for like a different reason now but you'd like it just takes so much digging and so much like effort to undo it and just just reframe your mindset I think towards things yeah or just acknowledge it because I I know a lot of my a lot of my problems like with being angry to be honest it's not even because like certain things have happened that I'm remembering it's just I get triggered by like yeah random stuff that I don't I don't really know where it's come from until I have to like really think about it 
and take the time and then I'm like oh that's that's why I'm feeling like that like, yeah you kind of the penny drops after a while but it takes so much effort to get to the point where you'd actually like establish the root of the issue yeah. so many people don't do that work and it actually really annoys me because it's like there's so many unhealed people walking on this earth that like still create families and still do all these things and they don't mm. sort themselves out and then they just pass it on pass it on but then like you said like healing requires self-awareness yeah, and like don't have it. <laughs> but self-awareness is like it is tiring mm. it's so tiring and like constantly trying to fix yourself and like yeah constantly trying to like find all these problems and then find out the root you kind cause of, of your them. own confidence because you yeah. realize how problematic you are as a person maybe problematic is the wrong word but like you have issues but we all have issues it you could have the most like blessed upbringing but you will still have some kind of event in your life yeah. that's happened that's affected you you don't always have to have this like really traumatic like bad things will happen to you like bad people are around you you just this life happens but I feel like there's a big difference between, so we all have these issues, but there's a big difference between you acknowledging that and trying to like overcome it versus just burying it and passing on to the next generation. Yeah. I just feel like happens too many times. But I think even burying, like burying it, I think is not a very conscious act for a lot of people. I think mm. like if you think about you when you said, okay, so you kept getting angry, but then you sat down and reflected on why you're getting angry and then you're able to kind of like understand what's behind mm. that. I feel like for the majority of people, and me included when I was a very angry person, I would just get angry. I would I would get triggered by things, get angry. The anger would subside and I wouldn't think twice about why that happened or what triggered it. Yeah, same for a long time. Yeah, and then that's just a cycle that happens. I, I don't even know what triggered the self-awareness for me. Maybe I was just tired of being angry. <laughs> I think I got to that point as well. But also, I could tell that it was affecting the people around me and it wasn't... It's just not nice feeling like you're not in control of your own like emotions, yeah. like your own emotional state. And I got tired of like then feeling bad out of how I acted because I was so angry because it's just it's just such an emotional response. And it's obviously because something's triggered you, but then you react disproportionately to what the actual issue was a lot yeah. of the time and then I was like oh, like I shouldn't have done that or like you sometimes like you if you snap at someone or you just you just take things badly when you reflect on it and then you realize actually it wasn't that deep yeah and then I'm like I can't keep doing that like there's got to be a time where I'm just not so sensitive to things I think yeah. I was just very sensitive to things but then when, but also for me, I think it's not even like certain things that people say. It's just a certain time of the month. Like I know PMS is like a very common thing for girls, but I just get it to a new level where, and I've started tracking that recently as well, properly, because it's something I've struggled with a re for a really long time, but I never really, it became one of those things that I struggled with to, like more so than was normal because a lot of the, like the women around me, like even at uni, Nobody seemed to have been, like, was affected by the period or, like, PMSing as badly as I was. It, I was so sensitive to the mood swings and, like, hormone changes and stuff. But after a certain amount of time, it just became normal to me. So I didn't make any effort to change it. I was just like, well, this is the way I am. Yeah. But now I'm like, but nobody else is like that. And it's literally detrimenting me so much because it's happened so often. So I started looking into it and the only reason I really started to understand it is because of online and people talking about it. 
Which is why, again, I get so frustrated that in our community it's so frowned upon to talk about a simple thing like periods that we go through every single month of every single year. Like, it's such a... It's like eating. It's like breathing. And it's just such a weird topic. And for so long, like, you're not allowed to speak about it. And you don't understand what's going on in your body. You don't understand why you're acting in certain ways. You don't understand that could be the root cause of all your... Like, majority of your problems. And then it just festers and festers. And then it gets to a point where... Like, I'm so grateful for the internet in so many ways. Because so many things we weren't allowed to talk about or were about to talk about now is so out in the open. is so normalised that you can just learn about things so freely without even having to worry about other people knowing or like whether other people are discussing it or not are happy about you knowing about it yeah it's just there um so that's when I actually I think since I've been consuming content like that or just like understanding my body more I've been able to like rein it in and like actually control how I feel or like just I think even just acknowledging how you feel sometimes rather than like trying to push those emotions or like being confused about why you feel a certain way makes it so much easier than just yeah if because if I'm acknowledging that oh I'm angry like what then it goes to well why am I angry and then well what actually happened was it that deep like was it actually an issue that I'm this infuriated about but I never used to do that so we would lash out and then it'd just be a cycle of like being really angry being really guilty about being angry and then I'd be angry again and just go in a cycle yeah but I, th- I'd like to think I've broken out of that a little bit. I started tracking my cycle a while ago, but I've also gotten really in tune with like my body, and I actually think it's so validating sometimes to know that whatever symptoms you have, they're actually symptoms of something, and they're not like things wrong with you. Mm. If that makes sense, it's like very validating to have a reason for why certain things happen. And I think tracking my periods really helped that because I realized I get super emotional. Like the week up to my, the week leading up to my period, I went to see my sister um, in Amsterdam recently. Mm. And this is such a stupid story. So we were both cycling and the sun was setting. It was like golden hour. And we were cycling next to each other. And she made me get on my bike to like cycle with her into like where, where she parks her bike. Um, and we were laughing in the moment because I was tired. My but was really hurting from being on the bike mm-hmm. all day. So I got off. Then I got on because she made me cycle for this like 20 second ride. And she started laughing about it. And like, as she was laughing about it, this like gust of wind came through. And like, it, she was like laughing, like, and the golden hour was on her. And like, the, her hair was like flowing <laughs> a little moment. bit. Yeah, it was like a movie moment. Um, and I looked across and I, I, I just like, did this like mental snapshot of this movie moment. And then I had this really quick, flash forward to me and her being like older like really old like maybe like gray in our 80s or something like talking about like just like remembering that That time like that moment and it made me so emotional like as I saw her cycling I wanted to start crying and I got the 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 wee notification on my phone to be like your period is coming up in seven days and I was like that's probably why I feel like crying from this like 0.5 second moment of my life I get really emotional these days, but I used to get very angry. Um, but I also wanted to talk about like, see these feelings when they, they like overcome it, like, especially anger when they overcome you. I saw this TikTok from um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and he was talking about how um, feelings, I'm going to paraphrase this slash completely butcher this, but <laughs> basically things like anger, 
when your body feels them, you have no control over feeling them for like one to two, maybe one to three seconds. And any longer than that, it's you choosing to hold on to that feeling. And that was a really interesting thought for me because like, even, even with me feeling emotional about seeing my sister in that one moment, it's like those emotions overcame me all of a sudden in an uncontrollable manner for probably max like three seconds and any longer than that that I was feeling emotional was me holding on to that and like not letting it go like actively and consciously not letting it go Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting to think about that with anger sometimes because like sometimes if something triggers you as well Mm -hmm. you want to be angry but I also feel like anger is such you you pin the anger on a certain thing that maybe like you're already irritated about because yeah I think like the moments that I get angry I could be angry about something that if that happened a week prior I would have been totally fine with but it's only because I would have thought it was just not that big of a deal at the time even though it was probably something irritating but my just my tolerance to dealing with irritating things just kind of maxes out at that time so I end up but I know what you're saying I think it doesn't really linger on that's why the guilt sets in because it's like oh I reacted in that moment and now I realized that it it passed and it shouldn't I shouldn't have reacted in that way but then you can't like take an action back or you can't like go back and react differently yeah so I also read a quote about anger and I guess it's different in different scenarios but it was something along the lines of anger is seen as a negative emotion, but it's actually a protective emotion because yeah. it's protecting you from th- like, obviously you're feeling anger towards a situation for a good reason. Like you're obviously feeling defensive over something, like some, you're not being treated right or something's not quite right. And it's actually protecting you because the anger like forced you to kind of feel that discomfort and like, like, I don't think anger is really a negative emotion. It's just how in control of your own emotions you are. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's hard because it's, like, twofold. Like, if I am, if it is just the wrong time of the month for me and I feel like, I feel like I'm better now at controlling it. But before, I just used to, like, be so out of, I just didn't have a rein on any of my emotions. Like, I'd be super upset about <clears throat> ridiculous things and... And I think it's just the confusion of not understanding why made it worse. Yeah. I think now that I know why and I'm validated because a PMS like symptom was always joked about as well. It wasn't, people knew of it and I knew of it, but it was almost because people ridiculed it. It was almost like, well, yeah, it happens, but it's not that big of a deal. But when you're feeling it, it's like such a big deal. Yeah. It's like such a huge thing and you almost trivialize it because everyone else does. And you don't take it seriously. But then I've started taking it seriously because it is serious. Like, you can't just... Your literal emotions changing. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard to deal with. Especially because I've been... when I Now I've been tracking it. And what's funny is I didn't even really... Like, I didn't understand the menstrual cycle at all up until, like, maybe a few weeks ago. Maybe, like, a month ago. And I didn't realise that there's actual different phases where you feel a certain type of way. Like, your hormones are always changing. Not just when your period hits or, like... the week before there's other phases of the cycle so there's like the whole like 14 days before you get your period where you start feeling like really low and like irritable and like that's the pms time but then i didn't realize that there's after your period there's the actual time where everything spikes i mean it it obviously makes sense because it's got to be balanced at some point but 
it's just like the fact that it happens at specific times and then knowing that there's like the follicular phase after you actually have your period and you have an energy boost and everything like you're just like on cloud nine and you're really productive and motivated about life and all that kicks in but it's all science and you just don't even consider that that is the science of your body you just think that oh it's just this thing that I have to deal with but you almost invalidate your experiences because people don't talk about it properly they're just like oh she's pay messing or like oh you're just gonna yeah, be, I hate that you're feeling well. moody like, yeah it's so much more complex than that and I think now that I've actually been paying attention to what phase of the cycle not just like when my period is coming it's gone down to like what phase of my cycle am I in and it's funny because like there's certain things that I know I get irritated about but they obviously affect me a lot less when I'm in like the good the phase where like my hormones are balanced and everything's in sync and then when I know I'm hitting like my luteal phase or like coming up to my period I'm so irritable about things but now I'm like I can pin it on something yeah like, exactly that is reason. Why. yeah and it makes me a lot less it just kind of dissipates the anger because it's almost like well yeah I feel like that now but I know it's passing luteal phases can kill <laughs> Do I you, hate them have you been quite like in tune with like your the actual phases of your cycle and stuff for a while. I got into a period of like <laughs> period um <laughs> of tr- of like keeping track of those phases as well because I was trying to do it I was trying to like line them up to my workouts um because um. I want because I can actually tell as well when it's like I don't know if it's luteal phase but it's like the end of this the second half of the luteal phase and my workouts, like, I'll be sweating during my warm-up. I can't lift anything. I can't, like, do what I could do three mm-hmm. times over three weeks ago. Um, and I've always I've always wondered that sometimes just from going to the gym and training and stuff. I've always wondered why some workouts I'm literally sweating from the moment I get into the gym. And there's some workouts I don't break a sweat. So fascinating. Like, it's so weird. Yeah why aren't we told about this more like it just blows my mind like we have this education at school but it's just not it (laughs) yeah it just ain't it (laughs) well I remember them teaching us about like menstrual cycles and stuff the 28 day thing like yeah I remember like vague who's 28 days also yeah (laughs) I think that's just like a meant to be an average I think but it's it's stuff that you probably learn too young like I almost feel like they should actually do this and at an age where you're not all giggly about oh periods because you haven't got one yet yeah I think it's just done at the wrong age but then I guess if they didn't do it pre-period then I was still shocked when I got I had no idea what was going on when I got my period so I don't really think that it helped having did your parents not like like did your mum talk to you about it no really it was very much like oh got your period okay have a pad it's done like really So you couldn't, like, talk to her about it? No. She was very... It's because, like, she didn't... I don't know. I don't really know. I don't understand because there was never the conversation. It was was very much, like, just don't talk about it. Just don't. Like, it's like, pretend it's not a thing. That's what it was like. I wonder why that is. Because periods are very, like, in, in my culture, periods are regarded as, like... I don't want to say holy, but I also don't want to say special. But you're definitely treated differently when you're on your period. And like, for example, you can't go into the kitchen, you can't go into the temple. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like 
my culture has like flipped that to be because I think yeah generations ago I think in our culture in general it's very much like yeah you're not allowed to go to religious places but you're not allowed to do these certain things because you're meant to be resting but they after like years and years it's been turned into this no you're forbidden because like you're unclean or like there's something wrong with you it's all been twisted but the mentality remains this like it's a problem like there's something wrong a negative connotation yeah yeah and it was never like that and that's really annoying because I'm glad that your culture has like kept that it seems but at home it was very much like no one should know like this you should be embarrassed yeah like it wasn't ever you know even (laughs) I don't know if I'm sharing too much here but why did an ad with always on my um socials maybe so a cool. couple of years ago I yeah. was so pumped for it because the whole thing was about taboos and like making young girls like feel comfortable to talk about it so I was very passionate about it because my experience with my period growing up has been horrible because I feel like I suffer with a much like serious more serious version of PMS to begin with so and the pains from my period are just excruciating I've always really struggled with it so having to make being in so much pain and like being my moods being so out of it's so crazy a secret it's so freaking hard so I was always just labeled as this like really moody girl that permanently had a tummy ache and that was me like it wasn't really seen as anything more than that um and growing growing up there was never any conversations around it Mm -hmm. and I just felt so and it was also hard to talk about it to people outside the home because you already have that shame and embarrassment I think all young girls kind of feel to an extent even if maybe they've been made to feel comfortable at home on the out like when you talk to people outside like at school for example everyone's like oh okay period like it's it's made to be this like weird thing thing. yeah Yeah. so you never really feel comfortable with anyone talking about it so when I got the opportunity to actually do this thing with always I was so happy about it and I think there was at one point I wanted to actually get my sister involved um just to kind of show that like it's not something to be ashamed about yeah um my mom was like absolutely not she's gonna get bullied at school if anyone sees that I'm just like I don't know I just feel like that's a scary it's a scary opinion to pass on to someone so young even if like you true well and truly believe that like periods are like shameful or embarrassing Mm, or whatever stop passing those like but then that's what parents do isn't it it's like whatever they think like they pass on to their kids have you seen that tiktok it's a tiktok where like this woman and it's it's about generational like probably generational trauma Mm. um but this woman it's like a skit and this woman's like telling her daughter off for being overweight like outwardly just being like you're ugly lose some weight kind of thing and then it like switches to her as like a millennial mum. And she, in front of her daughter, is like, oh, maybe I won't wear this because I look a bit I've seen that. weird. And then the daughter ends up being like the, the grandma. That. Yeah, being like, and then to her kid is like, you're ugly, lose some weight. And it like keeps continuing, even though not every single generation is being like, you're ugly, lose some weight. It's still being internalized, as you say, mm. in some way or another, whereas where that like insecurity is still being passed on. So it's... I think I do think it makes me really conscious sometimes of like my insecurities and sometimes and like how I talk about them and like how 
yeah, like how I verbalize them in front of people. Because am I, like, am I projecting sometimes? Am I going to project onto my future children, like things that I'm insecure about that I don't necessarily talk about? Mm. Yeah, I guess it's scary, like, even thinking about that because I'm so self-conscious of, like, that whole cycle repeating and that whole generational trauma cycle continuing. And I've seen stuff like that. And the, the, now there's this whole like gentle parenting like notion that, and I love it so. I love it. They get so much stick for like sharing the ways that they parent, but I think it's the best thing in the world. Like I, I'm like low key like quite jealous of those babies. I'm jealous of the babies. It, their parents take so much care, and like they're so self aware. They're so like just. They just care so much to do the right thing. Yeah. And they're not like, oh, well, this is how I was treated and how I'm treating them is a bit better, so that'll do. Like, I feel yeah. like that's the generational, like, pattern that happens. It's like, oh, well, I'm not as bad as the generation before me, so they can deal with, like, a better version. But yeah. it's never... The intent is never to end the cycle. Yeah, exactly. But I also feel like with with a lot of with a lot of parents... Maybe subconsciously. And you know what? This goes way past parenthood and like raising children. This yeah. goes way this goes into any kind of any which way anyone's been traumatized. Deep inside a lot of people, they want other people to have the same suffering that they did to make themselves feel better for the suffering that they got. Like it's almost like I, I struggle to get here, so you have to struggle too. It's like there's no like why would why would I struggle if you don't have to struggle? like that kind of mindset that exists in like the corporate workplace I was gonna say I feel like that's a very like corporate mindset of like people that have made it to the top and they're like well you can build your own way up because that's what I had to do yeah but I never really think that people think like that in their personal life because I think I think they especially do especially when it comes to a family dynamic like why would you want your kids to struggle why would you want the people you're meant to love and care about because I guess in a work sense I'm like well they don't I don't owe anything to them. They don't owe anything to me. Yeah. We're kind of strangers at the end of the day. We're all getting a paycheck that we're working for. There's no other tie. Yeah. But when it comes to actual personal relationships and family, I feel like it cuts so much deeper. I think mentality. it does because, like, see if you're a parent, I can imagine I'm not a parent, by the way. But I... <laughs> just to clarify, we do not have kids. <laughs> just to clarify, we are speaking... <clears throat> from the mind but um like if you're a parent I can imagine that like if you did struggle to get to a place in life you had a kid I wonder if you in your head think now you have all of these qualities because of your struggle so therefore like would you want like in their point of view would they want to deprive their kid of not having the struggle because the struggle gave them do they think that deep I just I don't know really struggle to believe that they're like do you know what? I'm really doing this for the be- like. Yeah, I do this for the be- <laughs> the greater good. I think they'll probably convince themselves of that afterwards. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think it's just like they've internalized what will happen to them, and they. So I was talking to um, someone about this, just about like situation that I'm going through at the moment, and they were like, when people go through their own trauma and then they have their own family there's one of two paths they can take. They can either continue the cycle and just project everything. They don't heal themselves, so they just continue doing exactly what happened to them to 
the future generation or they completely break away from that and absolutely end the cycle uh, but they have to make a really conscious effort to do it yeah. it's not something that you can do subconsciously or just like half-hearted that you have to really put the effort in and it's very easy to tell what route people take a lot of the time because it's such a big effort that you have to make to be someone that ends the cycle yeah. because it's embedded in you if you've grown up like that and that's why you you do to an extent have compassion for people that have been through difficult things and then yeah they're they're not as bad as they don't treat people as badly as how they were treated but they're still a version of it doesn't make them yeah. like the way they act good yeah it's just not as bad but then you think oh we'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they had a lot worse but yeah realistically there are so many people that had trauma like trauma times 100 and they still came out and decided do you know what it ends with me and that will like I will never make a kid or anyone feel like that and they make conscious effort every single day to make sure that doesn't happen and I have a lot of respect for people like that I think that's a book it ends with me or it ends with yeah I've heard of that but there's I feel like there's a lot of people talking I've listen to a lot of people's stories where they talk about how they were treated i think this comes along with the gentle parenting thing of they were treated a certain way they didn't like it and now they're actively making a choice to gentle parent and do things properly (laughs) i always have the worry though like with going the other way and like trying not to do what had happened to you are you causing a new set of issues because there's no right way like there's no perfect well there probably is a perfect way to parent I don't think there's a perfect way. Well, I, well yeah, I think there's a, there's the good and there's ideal. bad. Yeah. I definitely think that there's like, you can make it black and white, but I do think that there'll be, you can't protect, you can't wrap your kids in bubble wrap. Like yeah. You might not be the one causing their trauma, but there could be someone else out there that they come across that causes some trauma for them. Like there could be bad things that happen in their life, but you're not the cause of it. Yeah. But I think the parent role is not to be the one causing their trauma. Do you know what I mean? Like you should be the one supporting them, helping them. And I think that's the difference. There's a lot of parents actually causing the trauma. Whereas as kids, their parents don't cause it, but then they have other issues. Like whether it's friends, relationships, like out, like third parties that will put them through really horrible times, but their parents should still always be there to like pick up the pieces and to ease that from them rather than be like a part of the problem for them yeah so I feel like you can't really call yourself a bad parent if you've like done all you could to make your kids feel secure and safe at home and validate them and teach them to be in tune with their own emotions and act with emotional maturity and then something bad still happens to them because it's life you're not a bad parent because of that and I think people often think that oh if I'm going to parent my kid in a good way and have them like have an easy life but then they they don't know how to handle real life or they have come across problems you can still teach a kid to deal with their problems without being a problem for them yeah I feel like it's just a bit of a cop out for parents to be like oh well if we make their life too easy they're, they're not gonna be able to handle real life and it's like yeah there's a difference between being spoiled and the, people having no boundaries and no discipline there's a difference between that and then also like just teaching them about life but in like a humane way yeah <laughs> like you don't have to beat your kids you don't have to like you know like give them a telling off scream at them you don't have to do all these like nasty things that you wouldn't even do to an adult yeah you that's wouldn't do these point. things to an adult yeah so why, why are you doing it to a little kid I that's just... such oh my god that's literally like blown my mind a little bit <laughs> like if you wouldn't do it that's what to makes an adult, me really angry yeah, yeah you wouldn't unless you want an actual 
physical fight. Yeah, if you beat an adult, you get you go to jail. jail. (laughs) Well, technically, you go to jail for a kid, but who's telling like anyone about that? How bad is like the violence in our culture? (laughs) It's actually crazy if you think about it. So normalized as well. It's really messed up. Yeah, like it's. I I think that's like what one thing I hope to. Well, I will never do, but I think it's just to think that the generation I've grown up in actually came with like violence for like not remembering your times tables correctly that's I'm sorry my mind is like blowing as we speak the (laughs) fact that that's actually happened to us because it feels so far removed like seeing Gen Z and all their boundary setting and like their independence and all this and I'm like it's pretty crazy. Yo. yeah (laughs) I was scared of a rolling pin feels foreign it feels foreign to like say how you feel or like have your feelings respected yeah (laughs) in a way or like not be scared of like doing something wrong yeah or not be scared of a look you know those looks oh like you shouldn't be fear you should be feeling like deep fear in your own home in your own home as a child as well Anyway, are we going to be parents anytime soon? No. Probably this not. is why a lot of the time I say I don't want kids because I am terrified of, how, of repeating yeah. patterns. Yeah, same. And I'm so conscious of that because I know I have the tendencies. Like, how can I not? I've been brought up that way. Like, I can't just switch it off. I can't. There's certain ways that I act because it's like, it's not, it's not normal, but it's normal to me. So even like the anger thing, it's like, well, all I saw was anger and like rouse and people being angry so I'm not my natural response is when I have that emotion that's how I act yeah because that's all I saw now I am making conscious effort to like undo that but I don't know when will ever be enough for me to be comfortable with the fact that I'm raising a human (laughs) knowing that I have so much work to do on myself but I think that's the right order to do things like to be having kids and then like knowing that you're not healed like you're not I don't know if people actually probably even don't even think about it but I think we'll have have to do that though because like I don't believe I'll ever reach a point of being like fully healed from all of the things that are wrong with me or whatever so there's if I decide to have kids there's going to be a point where like I am not fully healed I keep saying the world healed you're still like working yeah in progress yeah you're still a work in progress but you're still actively choosing to have kids and like is that still is that wrong yeah is that wrong because you know that you're not perfect even though you can't be i'm so torn because on one hand i'm like yeah well if you if i don't feel like i'm i can act appropriate like not not act appropriately but if like I'm not gonna get triggered or these things, I'm not gonna end up messing up. But the thing is, you will make mistakes. I think what it comes down to is the accountability. And what I've really struggled with is when things have happened, like in my childhood and stuff, and I've been told that didn't happen or you're overreacting or you know, like, there's just no accountability and there's no like, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I think that's when there's a problem. So if you were like on this journey and even though you're still struggling but you've had the kids and you may be acting a certain way that you're not proud of, but then you acknowledge it and you're like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to actually correct it and make conscious effort too. So if, if you, you were always yelled at and then you yell at them, 
and then you realize no I shouldn't have behaved that way and then you actually go and apologize like I don't know about you but I never got I've never to this day had a single apology for like anything in my whole growing up childhood nothing it's not it's not even surprising have you ever had an apology I got one recently really but even when I got it I was like (laughs) but getting it was a mission and it was you very emotional you see i can't yeah. like it's just one of those things because i if it's forced then it's like well did you mean it you know if i like had to fight you to and also like to- if you've never had one before and suddenly it comes out i don't know if you would feel like it was genuine like you would question whether it was genuine or not i don't know if you would be really? able to take it i think i what would make me question how genuine an apology was is if it was something was apologized for and the exact same thing happened again yeah. because then it's like well if you were sorry you wouldn't make the same mistake or they'd be the first person to call out like yo I didn't like I'm still trying yeah <laughs> what I mean oh my god on that point I was actually watching a TikTok about like how to apologize I've always wondered because you know when like people in the public eye do something wrong and they put out these public apologies and they'll put like and I'm sorry for making you feel like this, or I'm sorry if yeah. you felt... And people always pick apart those apologies. And I've always wondered, okay, so they obviously tried to write that. They thought it was heartfelt. It's been brutally ripped apart by, like, the public. How do you, How does a person actually genuinely ap- apologise for something that they've done wrong? And this TikTok came up on my For You page. And it was so helpful. It was basically, like like, exactly what you said. It was just, like you've wronged someone whether it was by accident or not I'm sorry I wronged you I'll try not to do that again and be better and like that's all you do that's how you apologize whereas most people deflect the apology onto the other person's will be like incorrect apology would be like I'm sorry if you feel like that because Mm. of what I said that's like it's like bouncing back it's kind of invalidating you. your like emotion towards like what they did exactly yeah and it also like like you said again takes away any well it takes away any way for me to take accountability for what i did that did wrong you mm-hmm. so it's really i think in it, apologizing in itself is hard to master probably in doing it well especially if you're the one who's been wrong because i feel like you're extra sensitive to how you're apologized too yeah like you want it to be sincere you want it to acknowledge you and I think most of the time people don't do that right but I feel like if you are genuine about your apology it will come across that way I don't know I have a struggle yeah, true. to believe I struggle to believe that if you are genuinely sorry about something you will say it in the wrong way yeah I just because I've I've apologized for stuff but I know that when I'm saying sorry because I genuinely mean it. So I don't know. Like, it's never come across as like, oh, uh, you know, like I I've think not you're, got yeah, you're completely backlash right. Backlash from it because it was a genuine apology. I think it's only when it's ingenuine and you're trying to deflect because your apology isn't actually to say sorry that you've hurt them. You're just saying it because you want to move on from it. Like, yeah. you don't actually care. Or you want the other person to just like, you just want them to drop it. Yeah. This is a big difference in how you'd approach it. I so, think you're completely right. It would definitely be ingenuine, or sorry, it would definitely not be a good apology if you yeah. didn't actually mean it. Because if you mean, if you mean it, it's just snatch. That's what makes a good apology is it's like yeah. authentic, right? Yeah. 
Well, that's all we have time for, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. But that. Oh yeah. <laughs> In genuinely <laughs> sorry that this episode has to end because I didn't want it to end but we hope you enjoyed yeah I hope you maybe took a little bit of I don't know the what do we talk about bulb. let's do a little, a little recap. recap talk about emotions like different phases of you trying to fight for like the spotlight in your life like your inner child mm. your teen and your current oh my gosh that was this episode peace loving yeah wow. person that's how much we ramble Farah. We about so much. <laughs> um and then we spoke about periods because we're talking about like emotional regulation mm. and stuff as well and then what are we talking then, about yeah that was like the whole anger thing and then it was about like generational trauma yeah um gentle parenting I could just list off topic after topic after topic. We talked a lot. (laughs) I just love conversations. This is why I love like conversations with friends. They don't end for me because you like, how do we go from like inner child to periods to saying sorry? (laughs) Yeah, we went from inner child to the, I guess it kind of correlates, but. It correlates in a way that we made it correlate. That's not how I, like, and that's not how I would have thought that the episode would have ended. I saw TikTok about that as well. It's like when you're talking to your friend and like you just cannot. I've seen stop. funny ones where it's like you like what the first topic is versus what you end up talking yeah. about, and it's so polar opposite. It's funny. I love those things, but yeah, we are sorry that this episode have to has to end. Um, we'll we would love it. Oh yeah, we will be back in about seven days time. <laughs> um, and we would love it if you could leave us a review um either on spotify or apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening um or youtube or youtube a little yeah. comments a little comment like. <laughs> um if you relate to anything we said as well let us know and you will find us next week bye bye <laughs>